all my dear listeners, and welcome to Season 2 of Counter Melody. It is I, your host, Daniel Gundlach, and once again I'm eager to delve into the world of song with you. I'm devoted to bringing you the voices of beloved artists, often focusing on unexpected facets of their artistry. In addition, I look forward to presenting less celebrated but equally treasurable singers who also deserve our attention and respect. Since I started this podcast, I've learned even more about the topic to which I have devoted my life, and I'm honored to have you join me on this ongoing mutual journey of discovery. Let's get down to today's business. Great singers and great singing. Hi, my dear friends. It's me, Daniel. Well, it's been quite a week, hasn't it? Atypically for me, I'm recording this on Saturday night, and I have poured myself a good stiff drink, because I need one. I hope that I remain compassmentous throughout the recording of this particular episode. Bear with me. I just want to start out by saying that it's been a very, very difficult week well, 10-day period for those of us who love opera and opera singing. We had three significant deaths in the opera world this week. First, and most tragically, was the Canadian soprano Aaron Wall, who died at the age of 44 of metastatic breast cancer. I did not know her personally, but I have a lot of friends who did, and everyone is just deep in mourning. You all have my heartfelt and deepest sympathies. Then, I believe it was on Sunday, the dramatic soprano and voice teacher Ruth Falcon died suddenly. Again, I did not know her personally, but I certainly knew her by reputation, and I have a lot of friends who either studied with her or worked with her in her studio, or heard her sing, managed her, oversaw her career. Everyone is very sad about this as well. And again, my deepest sympathies to everyone who's in mourning. Then this past week, the tenor Vladislav Piafko died. He was Russian. He was mentored by the great Russian dramatic soprano Irina Arkhipova, and eventually they married. After her death, he was overseeing the foundation which bears her name. A really significant dramatic tenor. And again, a very sad loss for the world of opera. Then just yesterday, I had the news that my dear friend Dave Toole, a dancer with whom I worked in the UK when I performed Oberon in Midsummer Night's Dream 20-some years ago, died yesterday after having been ill for quite some time with kidney failure and other ailments. He was a dear friend to me for more than 25 years, and his loss is felt deeply by all of those who were inspired and moved by his incredible determination, willpower, and talent. What a guy. I raise my glass to you, dear Dave. I'll miss you terribly. I'd like to salute all of these people with a song sung by today's subject, the great 
Mexican tenor Francisco Araiza. This is a recording of Zu Eignung from Salzburg in August 1987. He's accompanied here by Erwin Gage. I paid tribute to Araiza on his actual birthday two weeks ago, and at that time I mentioned how I had heard him in Chicago singing Tamino, and it was as if I was observing the second coming of Fritz Wunderlich, and I'm not kidding you, it was that great. Of course, we lost Fritz Wunderlich tragically when he was only 36 years old. Francisco Araiza went on to have a full career, and we're going to discuss that. But first, I want to play a little bit from one of his earliest international successes, and that is his recording of Tamino in Die Zauberflöte with Herbert von Karian conducting in this excerpt that we're going to hear, the reunion of Tamino and Pamina. We're hearing the Swiss soprano Edith Matis, another one of my favorite singers,
Francisco Araiza's first teacher in his native Mexico was the soprano Irma Gonzalez, who had a significant international career. When I was listening to her recordings this week, I was particularly taken by her performance of this song by Manuel Ponce called Sonio Mi Mente Loca. I believe this recording is from the early 60s. Araiza ended up moving to Germany, winning third prize in one of the big competitions, and eventually debuting as Ferrando in Così Fan Tutte in 1975 in Karlsruhe. From the role of Ferrando, we're going to hear from his first recital recording, Una Ora Morosa. This recording is from 1978. Thank you. 
Clearly, Araita was an ideal Mozart tenor, and what makes him so special to my ear is that he really uses his full body, his whole voice. He doesn't pull back. He's not a namby-pamby kind of singer. He's a real gutsy and, if you will, ballsy singer. Now, we know ballsy singers who sometimes get by on sheer willpower, but this is not the case with Arreiza. By the way, he also studied, once he moved to Munich, with the famous Mozart tenor Richard Holm, as well as Eric Verba, with whom he studied Lieder. This is from another of his early recordings. This is Entführung aus dem Serail, and here he is singing Ich baue ganz auf deiner Stärke. When the coloratura comes fast and furious, he goes at it fearlessly, and with his firm technical grounding, he tosses it off with aplomb, but also a beautiful musical sensibility. Eventually, Araiza also went on to heavier Mozart roles. Here he is in Idomeneo in the title role in a 1991 recording singing For del Mar. In this performance, Colin Davis is conducting the symphony orchestra of the Bayerischen Rundfunk. Oh, <laughs> 
Just as he was an ideal Mozart tenor, so was Araita, a near-perfect bel canto tenor. He excelled particularly in Rossini and Donizetti. I'm going to play you a few examples from both of those composers. From his first recording of Cenerentola, from I think it's the very early 80s, this was opposite the Italian contralto Lucia Valentini Terrani. Maybe some of you remember her. She was actually a beautiful coloratura contralto before she moved into repertoire that wasn't as appropriate for her. Here he is singing Don Ramiro's big aria with chorus, Si ritrovarla io giuro, where Ramiro is swearing that he's going to find this unknown beauty who appeared at the ball and danced with him only to disappear. You know the story of Cinderella. Oh, <laughs> 
From a few years later, in Vienna in 1989, here is a delicious excerpt from the duet between Nemorino, as impersonated by Araiza, and the quack Dr. Dulcamara, as personified by Rolando Panerai, one of those beautiful Italian baritones. He died at the end of last year, and I don't believe I really paid him proper tribute. So here's a belated memorial tribute to Panerai and the interplay of two pros that really know how to play comedy. Perdonate, ever che possediate segreti portentosi, sorprendenti. La mia saccoccia è di Pandora il vaso. Che avreste voi per caso la bevanda amorosa della regina Isotta? Eh, eh. Che cosa? Voglio dire, lo stupendo, e gli circhi dell'amore. Ah, sì, sì, capisco, intendo, io ne son distinto. Oh, no, 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 no,
silenzio, sai, silenzio, silenzio, oggi di spacciar l'amore, è un affare geloso assai, sicuramente è un affare geloso assai. Impacciarsene potria un tantino d'autorità, dunque silenzio. Here's a scene from Don Pasquale. Don Pasquale is hardly my favorite opera. When I did the Merola program in San Francisco, this was the opera that we took on tour. And I didn't like it much at the beginning of the summer, and I liked it even less at the end. But I always loved this aria, and I've never heard it better sung than it is here. This is at the top of Act Two when Ernesto is despairing over having been disinherited by his uncle Don Pasquale, and he's saying that he will depart for a foreign land, and he hopes that his beloved Norina will somehow find happiness without him.
1985, there was this peculiar but kind of fun TV production of Rossini at Versailles, where an actor portrayed Rossini and a bunch of singers from Montserrat Caballé to Sam Raimi to Francisco Araiza all performed on the stage of Versailles. And it was all led by Claudio Abbado. I mean, what better guidance could they have had? Here is Araiza in the best performance of the Cuyus Animam from the Stabat Mater that I have ever, ever heard. For one thing, I really like the broader tempo that Abbado takes. This slower tempo holds absolutely no terrors for Araiza, who just spins out a legato and then caps it with an extraordinary high D-flat. Araiza had an extraordinary top, but he also was a deeply sensitive artist, always seeking to express the greater depth and not simply showing off his voice and abilities and technique for their own sake. In 1985, he and Lucio Pop recorded for German Electrola, the two leads in Puccini's La Boheme, but in German, as was still very much the practice in Germany, and not just in the smaller houses. 
They could very easily have recorded this in Italian, but I'm completely charmed by the German. This is, in fact, one of the very best versions of the O Soave Fanciulla duet that I've ever heard. Here it's called O Du Liebliches Mädchen. If you don't swoon at the end of this, I don't know what's wrong with you. Prepare to swoon. zurück sind. Nicht verraten. Reich den Arm mir kleines Fräulein. Ich gehorche mein Herr. Liebst du mich
I think we all know, all of us opera lovers, all of us lovers of musicals, have seen the documentary about the, let's say, ill-fated recording of West Side Story that Leonard Bernstein conducted in the mid-80s. Part of the problem was that he used a native Spanish-speaking tenor as Tony, who's supposed to be non-Hispanic. He also comes into some grief with Bernstein, as we've all seen on those clips. If you're gonna do Maria with a Spanish accent, much better to turn to Francisco Araiza in this 1992 recording. It's time for my little Verbung break. (laughs) 
Thank you to all who listen. Thank you to all my supporters. I'm so grateful to you. Please continue to pass on the word about Counter Melody to all of your friends and colleagues who might enjoy listening to this. And for those who find yourselves with a little extra cash at the end of the month, and God knows there aren't too many of us right now, but if you do have a little extra money and you want to contribute, you may support me via my Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash countermelody. There you can support me for anywhere from $2 per month to, as I always say, the sky's the limit. And for your monthly donation, you will gain access to the bonus episodes that I've produced. Just last week, I published one on the French soprano Christiane Edapierre, who died in September at the age of 88. The song that we're hearing now is from Araiza's Festa Mexicana recording. This is a 1986 recording of Mexican popular song that includes the song that we're hearing now, Mexico Lindo, Fair Beloved Mexico. If I die far from thee, let them say I am asleep and have them bring me back here if I die far from thee. Me traigan aquí, México lindo y 
let's return to the more lofty world of opera, shall we? Also from Araiza's debut recital recording from 1978, here's Richard Strauss's parody of an Italian tenor, a diegetic number that takes place in the middle of the first act of Rosencavalier. This is Di Rigori Armato. Arisa began to move into heavier repertoire as his voice aged naturally, and one of his greatest assumptions, in my mind, was the role of Desgrieux in Manon, actually a role that he sang very early on in his career as well, but then continued to grow into as his voice aged like a fine wine. This is a recording from Vienna in 1983.
another of Harai's as matchless assumptions of French opera is the title role of Romeo in Romeo et Juliette. Here's a concert performance from Mexico City in 1986 of Allez-vous Soleil. It's one of the finest versions of this aria that I've ever heard. In 1992, Francisco Araiza appeared at the Bastille in Paris, singing the title role in Les Contes d'Offman. Here he is in the Giulietta act, singing the ecstatic refrain, O Dieu de Calivraise.
prosa writer in Firenze in November 1989, singing the role of the Duke in Rigoletto, another ideal assumption for him. His Gilda here is Mariella Devia. This is the duet El Sol dell'Anima, which then cuts directly to their frantic farewell. I would just like to say that Mariella Devia is a phenomenon. She's still singing now. She's still singing beautifully. I salute her and I pay tribute to her extraordinary voice technique and artistry, as well as her being an exemplar of bel canto style. This is very important in a world in which we seem to be forgetting what the principles of bel canto actually are.
you're a regular listener to my podcast, you know that I'm a big fan of Ileana Kotrubash. Francisco Araiza and Kotrubash recorded the opera Aldira together in 1983. They're both a little lightweight for their parts, but they sing with such ease and what we call slancho, the way that the music is supposed to unfold. This is their love duet, Risorge ne tuoi lumi. Oh, you're 
one of the biggest controversies of Araiza's career is that he moved into spinto and dramatic tenor repertoire as his voice aged. And a lot of people criticized him for that, found fault with him for that, and some people even just wrote him off. And I think that that was completely unreasonable and unfair. In 1990, Araiza took on the role of Lohengrin for the first time. This is not uncharacteristic of lyric tenors with a little bit of thrust in their voices who want to move on to the next level, as it were. Sándor Konya, the great Hungarian tenor, was one who did that. Peter Anders, the German tenor who died prematurely in an auto accident in 1953, was another one. More recently, Pyotr Biechawa has moved into singing the role of Lohengrin. And I'm quite sure that had Fritz lived, that this is a part that he would have taken on as well. When you consider the number of other tenors out there, especially during that period, that were trying to sing these roles and coming to grief and yet somehow, nevertheless, singing all over the place with their less than refined instruments. Araiza's instrument might have been on the light side for something like Andrea Chenier, but as I said before, regarding the Alzira recording, he really knows what slancho is. And here's a 1993 concert performance of the racconto from Andrea Chenier, Un di all'azzurro spazio, and you really hear that he knows how this music is supposed to. To go. Che voli pien d'amore pregar, parcai d'una chiesa la soglia, da un prete nelle nicchie dei santi e della vergine accumulavatori. Al sopra d'orecchio un tremolo veliardo in vano chiedeva pane e in vano stende la mano. Oh, 
from the beginning of that same year, here is a live recording from New York of the Preislied from Meistersinger, Morgenlich Leuchtend. Carlo Maria Giulini engaged Arisa for his recording of Mahler's Das Lied von der Erde in the mid-1980s. I should mention that Brigitte Fassbender, another one of my favorites, is the mezzo-soprano in that recording. There were also two live recordings that have come out from around that period. This is the one from February 1984. It's a portion of Das Trinklied von Jammer der Erde, the first song. It's very bitter. It's despairing. It's how a lot of us feel right now. And I also think it's one of the very finest performances of the tenor part that I've ever heard.
A writer also sang roles like Ballo in Maschera, Don José in Carmen, Alvaro in La Forza del Destino, and eventually also Siegmund in Die Valkyrie. But as a review that I saw recently said, he's no held in tenor, but he sings wisely with his own voice and produces many very pleasing effects. From that same concert performance in which we heard the Andrea Chenier duet, here is Florestan's aria from Act Two of Fidelio, a role that Araiza also sang on stage. And it's true, we never are under the illusion that we're hearing a dramatic tenor, but what we are hearing is a tenor with enormously solid technique and a very strong sense of how the music is supposed to go and he also has carrying power, as you can always hear in these live recordings. The voice rides over the orchestra. He's never straining to be heard. And speaking of strain, please notice also that at the end of the aria that he does not come to grief as so many quote-unquote dramatic tenors or held in tenors do. Ein Engel wie Honoren, Honoren der Gott. 
I had mentioned that Araitha studied Lieder under the great pianist and tutor Eric Verba in his 1993 video recording of Winterreise. You really hear the way in which Araitha connected on the deepest level with German Lieder. First of all, it's by far the saddest performance of Winterreise that I've ever heard. He's taken the despair and absorbed it into his entire being. And the way that Araiza finds ways of expressing that is really extraordinary. He also takes a lot of chances. His tempi are very slow for the most part, but sometimes he also will speed up a tempo in an unexpected way or choose a dynamic that is not at all what one is used to encountering. I really recommend looking up the recording and listening to the whole thing. It's a devastating encounter with the music. I'm going to offer unedited his performance of the 11th song from the cycle, Frühlingstraum. The pianist here is Jean Lemaire.
Araita is currently teaching master classes and voice lessons, both in person and remotely. I have nothing but respect for someone who had such technical and musical acuity and insight that he is offering his wisdom to a younger generation who, this is no criticism, but we all need that kind of mastery, and it's wonderful that he's offering it. One thing that Araiza did not sing much of was operetta, but he did in 1992 record a selection of light classics and crossover. This for me is one of the standout tracks. It's Freunde, das Leben ist lebenswert from Franz Lehau's Judita. The character is telling us that life is worth living, and let's keep that in mind as we mourn the passing of those who have passed on before that time, and as we celebrate the long life of this great tenor, Francisco Araiza. Happy birthday, maestro. Tausend Abenteuer 
until next week, my friends, keep the song in your hearts. I'm Daniel Gundlach.